0: Somebody was in the middle of a heartfelt, teary story when he walks in and goes, Fuck it, I'm Elton John. Listen to my story. (laughs) That's not what he sounds like. It's not what he sounds like. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning Podcast. This is review number 559 with a review of Rocket Man. I'm Christopher Schnasey. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are talking about the film Rocket Man, which uh, I believe actually came out last week. <laughs> right
1: yeah uh, for you people who weren't at can it came out last week
0: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so steven's been away on can and a little vacation trip uh i've been here did uh one episode to kind of hold things over in there we recorded a remote episode while you were at can but now we are back to our regularly scheduled program at least for two weeks before mm-hmm. i'm gone for two <laughs> weeks yep um but yeah we're, we're here we're back we're talking about stuff uh, we're gonna start here with rocket man how you doing steven
1: Doing good. It feels good to be back. It's been so long. I'm finally reunited with the the Elton to my Bernie, the <laughs> the Robin to my Batman. It feels it, good.
0: <laughs> good to have you. Uh, well, uh, I mean, we're here talking about Rocketman, which is a biopic about Elton John. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in, in in usual fashion, we probably ha- want to let everybody know our history and thoughts on elton john i guess in general um just because that may or may not factor into what we thought about this film maybe i'm just speculating um uh, but yeah uh did did you listen to much elton john or how familiar are are you with uh his works
1: i I would say i'm medium familiar so my my dad is a big like classic rock buff as most dads are i believe (laughs) um but he always made a point of, like, playing albums for me and describing, like, oh, this is the really good one that he did. This is the concept album where he did a Western instead, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I know when I was a little kid, there's a story of me as, like, a two-year-old singing all of Crocodile Rock to my dad's friend <laughs> on the phone just to prove that I could, like, remember all the lyrics. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I I have a fond recollection of some Elton songs, like Candle in the Wind, obviously, was really big when they rewrote it after Lady Di died. Um, And I was, I was old enough when that happened that I could like, remember music. Um, But I, I never, it wasn't cool in high school to re listen to Elton John. Like, I feel like Wayne's World made it cool to listen to Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, but I don't remember anyone in high school who was like, talking about Elton albums. So I have a familiarity. Like, I I knew most songs in this movie, but I had never really gone back and, like, gone through his catalog like that.
0: Yeah. Um, So for me, I have never purposely listened to Elton John. I feel like my entire uh, experience with the music of Elton John has been, like, through osmosis and mostly through film. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, different things that contained music of his. Like, even as you... Before we started playing, you were playing through a few pieces from his catalog. And I was like, oh, I've heard most of these before. I just never really thought about it when they were playing. We even
1: did a karaoke duet of Can You Feel
0: the Love Tonight (laughs) just a few months ago. Uh, But, I mean, you can do anything on karaoke. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They have the words right there and everything for you. It's great. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean, I I think going into this film, I wasn't necessarily uh, looking forward to or worried about seeing this film i was just like oh i want to see this like musical biopic with music that it seems good at least from the trailer like all the all the hits that they play in the trailer i was like oh yeah yeah elton john's music's great Uh, this this movie could be good um Mm -hmm. what about you when you were going in were you more excited than when you didn't see bohemian rhapsody at first
1: (laughs) yeah for sure i mean i i was excited also just from buzz like this didn't get rave reviews or anything but it it premiered out of competition at Cannes, so a bunch of people saw it and everyone was saying like that was actually a lot of fun. Like, I, I didn't hear a lot of people criticizing the movie very heavily. So I knew it was at least, like, a fun time. Like, I figured it would be better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't thrilled to watch it or anything. But, you know, when I was settling into my chair and remembering I was about to listen to, like, the greatest hits of Elton John, I there are worse things you could do with a couple hours.
0: <laughs> that is true. Also, it was like... I, I, this isn't going to be crazy for the rest of the country, but it was like in the 80s here mm-hmm. in San Francisco, which is a uh, nightmare. Actually, the movie us.
1: starts in the 60s. <laughs>
0: nice. <laughs> but yes, it was, it was over 80 degrees here, so being inside to do anything yeah. except apparently watch Dark Phoenix <laughs> was was something we were definitely up for mm-hmm. uh, doing. Uh, but yeah, what do you say we get started, Steven? Yeah, let's do it. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for Rocketman, and then we're going to come back and give you a review. See you
1: I could hear the whole tune in my head. It was all there. I could see all the notes, and I just had to get it out.
0: It's a little bit funny, this feeling inside. What did you say your name was again?
1: My name is Reggie. Reginald Dwight.
0: Reginald. That's my granddad's name.
1: So that is a fat boy from nowhere. Get to be a soul man. You gotta kill the person you were born to be in order to become the person you wanna be. I'm thinking of changing my name to Elton. Elton.
0: But that's my name. Yeah, I know. Baby, Kelly, Have you, seen yeah, you can be the best-selling artist in America if you desire. I was trying to do something bold.
1: Why are you so something flashy? Yeah. Can you even play the piano in those? Who you are and just don't kill yourself with drugs.
0: So how does it feel to be a start? It's never gonna last. Let's just enjoy it while we can. Sleeping arrangements care out. All of this is gone.
1: I just hope you realize you're choosing a life of being alone forever. don't know why to just sing without this ridiculous paraphernalia.
0: People don't pay to see Reg Dwight, they pay to see Elton John. I'm
1: sorry. I right know. Hey, how much pressure I'm under? The- Not really. I'll still be collecting my twenty percent long after you've killed yourself. Maybe I should have tried to be more ordinary. You were never ordinary. Look at you
0: now. All right, so that was the trailer for Rocket Man. As we mentioned before, It is a biopic about sort of the general life of Elton John as yeah, he became it's, a music it's squishy, person. I feel like it's hard, yeah. to, hard <laughs> to define. Uh, yeah, it's it's sort of a a nebulous telling of the idea of the experiences that he had while he was raising to fame. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of Rocket Man, Stephen? I I liked
1: it. I didn't like it a whole lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I I think I think this is much better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Like I certainly enjoyed it more, and I think it's because this is a movie that, like it or hate it, it definitely wants to be something. Like it has a style. <laughs> it, it it has a thing it's trying to do, and it commits to it a hundred percent. Like it it's kind of crazy to me that the same person directed this movie that directed what like the scraps of bohemian rhapsody became because i feel like bohemian rhapsody was no style it was just like we're gonna play through all the songs of queen nobody's even gonna live sing we're just gonna hit play on the cd player right and like (laughs) we're gonna watch lip syncing for a little bit and in between we're gonna stitch like the most dewey cox like obvious biopic we can and this movie right out of the gate is like it throws reason to the wind, right? It's very magical realism. It's very much like we are going to dance through the psyche of Elton John, basically, and we are going to depict his life the way he would have depicted it. Um, And that means it is very much in his style, which is like cotton candy, very campy, very like over the top and exaggerated. Yeah. And that is not my style, but I liked (laughs) that it did it anyway. Like I, like, I, I don't know. I respected it more than I liked it, I think. Yeah. For me, the camp wore thin after a little while. And there were a few times when it really didn't work for me. Like, toward the beginning, I was getting a little worried. Because when it's the younger kid singing, like, there's a there's a scene where the younger kid is at the piano. And he suddenly starts, like, hammering out an Elton John song and singing. And that was my dumb wiener kid moment. That was, like, I, I cannot <laughs> spend too much time watching this little kid be, like unreasonably prolific at singing at the piano
0: (laughs) but lucky for you he ages to four different generations while he is in the middle of this one song yeah
1: and and that is the, the kind of uh the magical realism element of this that made the movie be still totally fun for me because it never stays in one place for too long it is always jumping around it does not sit with the lows at all it doesn't give you the normal biopic beats it's very much like sing and dance through the semi-mostly fictional, I think, autobiography of Elton John. <laughs> Certainly anachronistic. Like, the songs, the order that they appear is not true at all. Like, um, like Elton John did f- do his first big tour at the Troubadour, but he already had a number one album by then, and Crocodile Rock wouldn't come out for, like, two more years. Yeah. So, like, they didn't, they didn't care at all about telling the truth about this. It wanted to be, like, a jukebox musical about Elton John that was vaguely relevant to whatever his life happened to be at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I, I don't know. It, a few things come over really well. Like the how insanely prolific Elton and Bernie are. I feel like that was really interesting to see. And the movie, if anything, downplayed it. Like I looked up afterwards, and in real life, between I think 1973 and 1975, they released seven number one albums. Like they were just insane. Like they would just sit in a room. Much like it's depicted in the movie, Bernie would write lyrics in an hour, Elton would look at them and hammer out music in like 25 minutes, and that would be it. Like, yeah. And they just could keep doing that over and over again. Um, so I feel like the movie definitely has enough of the joy of music to keep you going. I don't think when it gets personal into like the story of addiction, at least, like the, the more standard parts of the lows of the low, it kind of felt <laughs> like it wasn't taking itself seriously so i didn't really feel like i needed to either yeah. um but yeah i don't know i think taron does a good job of it i respect like this movie is happy to be way more queer than bohemian rhapsody was like it has no problem showing from the very beginning elton john was gay here he is making out with men deal with it yeah. and like again that goes back to it was much more like true to the person of elton even if it isn't true to the facts of elton yeah um, yeah i don't know I, I felt fine watching it but i didn't I didn't love it at all.
0: <laughs> well, Steven, I didn't love it at all either. <laughs> um, so so I, I do, I enjoy musicals. Yeah. Um, I like the spectacle of a musical. I love the spontaneous breaking into song that is communicating the emotion of whatever the moment is. But the thing is, in true-to-form musicals, the characters are narrating their emotions at that time. They're not having just completed a vaguely similar situation singing a song which divvies out the lyrics to random characters mm-hmm. and then trying to communicate a thing that may or may not actually match to the like there this film implies simply through its narrative that some of these songs are based on like this fight he has with his dad and but, like but
1: it very clearly then contradicts that because we know that he didn't even write the lyrics right yeah
0: yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so it's it's like a thing where it's like i'm watching a film that has good music has good interesting choreography slips in and out of real life and this make believe world in a way that should be really compelling to me and interesting but i think the narrative ho- shorthand of the film pulls me out of the magical realism that you're talking about and makes me slightly annoyed with what i'm watching because we're getting no narrative like sure. right it's it's like it's like oh genius piano boy now he's a rock star and also now he drinks and does Coke. <laughs> yep. And then it's like there's never nuance to the character. We don't see a gradual descent. There's literally a – it's not even a joke. It's a sudden moment where he wakes up a week after the last scene and suddenly he's an addict and it's all crazy. And I guess in some world you can call that an artistic way to show that like here was him just getting into fame and he, now this is him yeah, yeah. diving into that thing. But just for me, that didn't work. I think – from the beginning of this film, what set me off was um, some minor spoilers for the narrative framing of this film. This film is technically a uh, flashback in that Elton John has walked into uh, like some sort of AA-type group um, because he wants help. Mm-hmm. And he is framing everything we're seeing as his narration of what his past life has been. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker, the, the
1: first like three quarters of the movie, at yeah, least. yeah,
0: yeah. But this motherfucker storms in unannounced to a place where everyone knows who Elton John is, sure, and fucking takes over a therapy session for two hours. Mm-hmm. This guy's an asshole. <laughs> I could not. Is that wa- not clear from the movie? <laughs> yeah, but like I could not watch this film, and everybody is like, "Oh, Elton, tell us more about your life," mm-hmm. and they're eating it up. Somebody was in the middle of a heartfelt, teary story when he walks in and goes, "Fuck it, I'm Elton John. Listen <laughs> to my story."
1: <laughs> That's not what he sounds like. It's not what he sounds
0: like. <laughs> but that was as like pompous as <laughs> <I> could sound. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, from the get go, I was annoyed at what we, I was watching. I was like. Is it has he been going to the session for a while? Do these people no? Oh, he just he just barged in, and also is dicking over a whole concert because like, he's it, larger than life. It just there the, the narrative framing annoyed me, and I think that really there's nothing compelling about the story. It he starts as a child prodigy. And suddenly is into drugs. He's just cranking out record after record. There there's like wars that are going on between his managers of like this person signed him for like eight CDs at the very beginning, which makes sense why in real life, in that span of just a couple of years, they put out like eight albums yeah. because they wanted out of that contract, right? Yep. Like, fine, we'll just put out a million hits. Like there there is no progression in the story. We're just suddenly in magical realism land and he's yelling at people. And I just for me, I I found this film, very, very tedious, and all the things that I should be celebrating because it was fun and interesting were being held down by the fact that like we weren't actually getting a story, mm-hmm. and I was learning nothing about Elton John other than the fact that he didn't write any of his own songs, <laughs> at least the lyrics to them. Yeah. And because I wasn't familiar with the catalog, um, I mean, i heard a bunch of these songs before, but I was never like, oh, Elton John wrote these great songs. I was like, oh, these are songs I've heard before. I was lacking something to draw me in. This film feels like a film where if you are a fan of Elton John, you may be really, really into it. But this isn't a film that makes you become a fan of Elton John. Like, I didn't actually watch Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't know if that film makes you like Queen at all. (laughs) Um, But I feel like you should walk into a film like this and go, God, this man was a genius. And when I walked out of that film going, God, I'm glad this movie is over. <laughs> hmm. And I just, for some reason, it just didn't connect to me at all. And I think it's it's the way it played fast and loose with why things were becoming magical. And it just, it it felt like going to see a stage musical where they were just lightly, even tangentially pretending to be the real people and just using the music. Like, I, I told you before I saw uh, the, the musical We Will Rock You in mm-hmm. Vegas, like when it first played in the US. And... I, I thought that was incredibly entertaining. They they created this whole narrative about, like, this future dystopia where, like, music is dead and, like, the government is, like, not allowing you to have, like, and interesting music. And do they music. just, like,
1: slowly start, like, clapping?
0: No, literally the entire film is, like, really stupid throwbacks to Queen music. Like, there's even this one scene where, like, we need to get to this place. Like, we need to get to Vegas or whatever it is. And they're like, how are we going to get there? And a spotlight goes on a bicycle and it goes, bicycle, oh, bicycle. And, like, <laughs> it's cheesy shit like that. And it was still fucking the entertaining as Girls walk out? <laughs> <laughs> no it, it was but it was it was really really entertaining and it was an interesting narrative, and it drew me in and I walked out going like that was rad like i walked I sat down to this weird queen musical that I knew nothing about and I walked out going like that was fucking cool mm-hmm. and I feel like other things that like even even like we uh before we both saw this film or it actually was right after you saw it you you said made a statement like this is more uh, across the universe than it is uh bohemian rhapsody and I don't remember what I thought about Across the Universe, but when I finished Across the Universe, I did go fucking Beatles, right? Yeah. <laughs> like the Beatles music is great. And even if you're the thing you're watching that is incorporating the music, you still like come out with another like a reappreciation of the Beatles music, right? I didn't come out of this film going like, "Oh man, I'm going to put on some Elton John." Um i just i don't know i i feel like because because i did i
1: mostly agree with your criticisms though they didn't bother me as much like i think the the opening scene was annoying like for maybe not the rational reasons you described but it just felt (laughs) cheeky in a way that i was like oh okay fine Uh, This, this movie is annoying me but then when it breaks out into magical realism immediately from that scene i was more on board um but but like I mostly feel you. I, I think I was going to rant if you didn't about how weird the the conceit of tying the lyrics to his life are when the movie makes such a point of him not writing the lyrics. Yeah. Um certainly not writing them in the order that these life events would have happened or anything yeah, either. I know. Um so I kind of had to start feeling like why am I enjoying this anyway? And the answer is it was just kind of a a distillation of elton john's brand or his style right this is how him now as a 70 something year old man looks back at those years right so time when things kind of fast forward they just time jump that's probably how it feels to be in the like in the throes of fame right and in addiction and you you crash one night and you wake up a week later and there's a party going on and you don't remember it happening and you're in the middle of it out of nowhere you know like I, i think there's something there to like i do think Caring about Elton John at least a little bit beforehand is probably a decent precondition (laughs) because this is, like, very much about him and it's, like, a celebration of his style and his way of living, right, which is the very glam rock, over-the-top, extreme, campy everything – and that can get tiresome if, like, you're not in the mood for it. I am surprised you didn't want to put on Elton music after this movie. Because that was my experience. Like, I went home and immediately started. I have a shower speaker. And for the next, like, <laughs> you three... You immediately got in the
0: shower. Mostly because you <laughs> walked home and it was 80 degrees outside. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: but For for the next three mornings, because I watched it, like, sometime three last hours. week. hours. Yeah. The next three mornings, like, I would always pick a different couple Elton songs yeah. to play in the shower. Uh, it was just silly fun, but I liked it. It's kind of... It's a very stream-of-consciousness way of seeing his life. You do not learn real information watching it at all. Yeah, yeah. it. The thing that I like about it is kind of the thing I think that you didn't like, which this is not a biopic, at least not in the traditional sense. It is telling a heightened story of his life in a way that purposely omits any detail that would let you, like, really understand his life. Yeah. Yeah. and that's, you know, take it or leave it. It kind of depends what you want to see. At least for me, having seen so many very straightforward music biopics, I like that this decided to do something different with it. And for me, the Across the Universe ness is that my memory of Across the Universe is that they're taking the catalog of the Beatles and just thrusting them into random situations where they are loosely connected. It's yeah, almost yeah. like Moulin Rouge, right? Where it just yeah, like yeah. takes classic music and not classic, classic music, but, you know, <laughs> classic rock. And repurposes it into a kind of, this is emotionally kind of related to the thing we're talking about and we're going to break out into music. Not even with the, like, it doesn't have the logic of a musical. Because a musical, they are singing something directly about whatever it is that they're doing, right? So it's very much, I am this character, here's how I feel, this is what's happening, blah, blah, blah. And this is much more loose of, like, let's celebrate pop music and give you something to look at at the same time. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and, and like like I said, there are p- parts of that that I was like, I think I would under normal circumstances be liking this, but it was something else. Maybe mm-hmm. it was just the way that intro started that I, I never recovered from. That mm-hmm. just something about it uh, annoyed me. And even even con- conflict that should be in his life, like in the trailer, uh, you get that scene where like Rob Stark is saying like like Oh, if our sleeping arrangements get out, it'll be the end of all of this or whatever." Right? No. No, nope. no no one cares. Yeah. No one ever once cared. In fact, there's like a scene where like one of the – is it, I don't know if it's the newer manager or the same manager who's like, whoa, just so you know, people are going to start asking your family things. You should probably make sure they don't say anything. And then he calls his mom and comes out to her. Mm-hmm. Did I misread the previous scene or was he telling him to talk to her because – He didn't want her to tell them stories of him being, like, super flamboyant when he was a child? I I think he
1: was saying, get out in front of it so your parents are in your corner and don't divulge anything. Like, soften the blow now. So if paparazzi comes asking, they're savvy enough to not say anything that would lead them to it.
0: Yeah, but, like, either way, it was making sure they don't let it out, right? Right, yeah. So it felt weird to, like, have him call her her not—I mean, she—whatever. But, Mm like— theoretically she doesn't know and he's telling her but there wasn't a scene hey reporters are going to come around can you keep it under wraps because it'll be bad for my career Mm -hmm. so it's just it just felt weird to me to like that like the the film doesn't care about it until this one scene but it doesn't actually make out stakes for you so it's like why should i be worried for the character to just be himself when like we've watched an entire movie of him just being himself right
1: yeah so i think you're and it is an interesting thing because it it's like a hindsight benefit right because in hindsight elton has been out for a while he he yeah. did this thing where i think in the in the like late 70s or early 80s he came out quote as bisexual and it wasn't until like 10 years later that he felt comfortable being like no i'm gay um yeah. and the reason i think is because he had to come out as bi to preempt like the rumors that were going to happen about him having been with men and then he married a woman and it was kind of like you can still like me like you know I I can still be in the public eye but also the 70s were a weird time because people were you know bands like Queen right were very overtly being like flamboyant in different ways and everyone turned a blind eye to it because they'd be like well i i don't think that stuff is okay <laughs> but this is rock music <laughs> and i feel like elton lived in that world which is very hard to remember now which is like he could be completely himself on stage yeah. but still the hint of a personal life that is like not heteronormative would have probably hurt him very badly yeah and it's a very very weird disconnect between the the person that is clearly being projected on the stage and the person who you want to believe exists in real life yeah
0: i i think also one more thing if i could just if i could just complain about one last thing i love magical realism that is metaphor for actual things happening and i feel like with the exception of him floating at the troubadour where it's like troubadour that's yeah. what it's called yeah um in that scene the idea is that like he literally the crowd is starting to rise up up. because they're jumping around and having fun and it's like him visualizing their moment of him literally flying and taking off as they are really loving what he is doing that whole scene great right all of that is great if that was the magical realism we were getting where we were seeing a heightened version of actual events that would be great but like What we get most of the time, like him walking through a party and just singing to himself when no one else is participating in it. And like, he's singing a song that seemed to be about one thing that.
1: But it's like,
0: who is he singing that tour about, right? He was literally in a scene where he said, I want to hang out alone. You go flirt with that girl Mm -hmm. and do ecstasy or whatever you're doing. I don't know if they had ecstasy back then. I'm really into drugs, guys. (laughs) But but it just – it felt like it felt like such a weird time to sing that song, right? Mm. Like, the, who is that – who is it about? I don't know. Not It's not about that guy or yeah. him alone at a party. I don't know. Unless the tiny dancer is his diminishing ego in yeah, that moment. They, <laughs> they
1: found, like, just little lyrical things that were related. It was usually the opening of the song, I think, yeah. is what they linked to because in this case, it was like – like, blue jean baby, long-haired lady. I, I don't remember yeah, but the lyrics. Even
0: but, he's not singing about a girl or a boy. But he's boy.
1: looking at the girl who is taking Bernie away, and he's singing. Oh, it. and Bernie's
0: writing the songs anyway. Exactly. So in that moment, it's it would so have made weird. more sense does for Bernie sense? to sing it. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I, I don't know. Some of it, I think, making the songs autobiographical does make sense, because at least one one or two albums were kind of concept albums about their life together. But most of these songs didn't come from those. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it was a silly conceit. I just feel like it was... <laughs> remember, like, compare this to the last Elton John Jukebox musical that I've discussed on this podcast, Nomeo and Juliet. <laughs> 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 it, it should be not surprising at all that an Elton-produced or affiliated movie is this whimsical yeah. Um and I think it like it gets to the heart of some things, you know. Like, like again, there aren't that many movies that are this blockbustery that are like this proudly queer in in what they're showing. And he is, like you said, himself through the whole movie. And his public life maybe hides that a little bit, but the movie never hides it from us. And it it's a fun celebration of like a larger than life personality who's yeah. like, like he is. Friggin' genius! Like if he really wrote those songs in a half hour, he's a fucking genius, and like yeah. all that genius crammed into one person just like becomes an explosion of ideas, and some of them are good, and some of them are kind of embarrassing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Any uh any last thoughts about the film? eh I don't know. <laughs> there, there's not a lot to say about it. Like you, just, you summed up my review of the film. Yeah, eh. it, it,
1: it's like a. a I'm I'm defending it only because I think I liked it more than you. But like, the, the moment that, I left the theater, effect. the moment I left the theater, I was thinking, yeah, that was you know, that was fine, that was fun, I guess. No, no big deal. I, Probably not going to recommend it to anybody, but you know, not going to complain about it either.
0: If I'm a hundred percent honest, and maybe it was because even in the theater it was a million degrees. Um, there's a part towards the end where I'm like, this this is the end, right? This is the end. Please, dear God, let this be the end. And mm. then the credits rolled, and I was like, oh,
1: thank God. So did you stay to watch the photos of real Elton with Aaron? Yeah, so I I
0: stayed and watched all the photos, um, which was most... I was talking at lunch today at work that the funny thing is, like, I have no memory of Elton John as a young fella. (laughs) So... To you,
1: he's just a supporting actor in Kingsman, too.
0: (laughs) exactly. But the thing that was funny to me is that, like, there were moments in the film where I was like, oh, like, he looks a lot like Elton John. This is great. So then when I saw young Elton John, who looks nothing like either the lead or old Elton John, I was Hmm. like, what? That's not the guy. Yeah. (laughs) It was so funny just to see him and and think that it looks wrong, right? He kind of looks like a Muppet back then. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, should we get to verdicts? Sure. All right, Stephen Miller. If you're going to give us a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I'm going right down the middle with wait for rental. I think this is a completely
1: fine movie. I think the more you care about Elton John, the more you will like it. I bet a die-hard fan would have a lot to love here. For me, I'm kind of like I have enough familiarity that it was fun to see the music on the screen, and it was like it rekindled some love of how talented he was. But I don't know. It, it didn't do that much for me. And even though I think it's a fun experiment in biopic, that doesn't make it a movie that I want to watch again. So, you know, wait for rental. It'll be fun. If, if you think you want to watch it, you probably want to watch it.
0: But don't put too much into it. <laughs> well, you put me in quite a predicament, Stephen, because I was just going to give this away for rental. I know I'm driving you down. <laughs> You're trying to push me down. Um, I am willing to admit, admit that maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm just not capable of liking a film love. that <laughs> – Yeah. Uh, but may- may- maybe just like a film of this type I'm just never going to like. Um, <laughs> you were talking about it being – it avoiding the Dewey Cox stuff. I freaking love Walk Hard. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like it is – it almost om- – I love Walk Hard so much it almost made me want to go watch Walk the Line or whatever the real movie is that it's yeah. like sort of pretending to be. Because I was like, holy shit, this is – this is freaking great. <laughs> this is so good. Um, but uh, but yeah, so this film was probably never going to work for me. But I was pleasantly optimistic to see uh, what it was going to try out to be. Didn't work for me. I think I'll hold fast and I'll still give it a wait for rental just because, as I said, it's possible that my criticism of the film won't map to anybody listening to this Boo. right now. <laughs> Must avoid him. <laughs> No, fine, I'll I'll give it a pass to the caveat. Stephen Steven has talked me back to
1: Cause I was uh, gonna go up just to like be more positive as a counterbalance, then I was like, no, this is a rental.
0: <laughs> Fuck this guy. <laughs> I'm giving I'm making Chris go down to pass of the caveat. Yeah. Fine. Pass of the caveat. Wait for rental from Stephen. Pass of the caveat from me. Um yes, that is a review <laughs> of Rocket man. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that?
1: People can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com.
0: People can find me at com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at com, where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash dot facebook.com slash warning, or instagram.com slash warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode <laughs> will come from a little video mashup that we found yeah, on YouTube. Neil
1: Sear. I can't pronounce his last name.
0: <laughs> anyway, somebody did a fun little mashup of Elton John and uh, System of a Down. Yeah, sure. And uh, we couldn't not have that playing under this right now mm-hmm. and at the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you were enjoying that as much as we did do i don't know um but we call uh, it
1: chop a dial rock (laughs) we we can call it whatever we want sure uh
0: but this will actually be the true test of the youtube algorithm when we put this video on youtube is whether we get a takedown notice (laughs) for using a youtube videos audio in this uh but yeah so that is our review we are going to go take off right now and we have one more review coming for you for a film that's i think in limited release Mm -hmm. um which is called uh the last black man in san francisco So hopefully uh, you'll enjoy that review when we do it. All right. See you. Bye.